want to talk this morning about a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and the use of the Holy Spirit and why we have the gifts. You know, Jesus' last words to the disciples when he was here on earth was in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, where he said, Therefore go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. These are the last words Jesus gave as parting words to his disciples before he left. Now, this would have been quite daunting for them, like, Jesus, you know, we've been traveling with you for three years, and you're going to leave us? Like, what do we do? You know, like, you've, you've always told us, you've always pointed us to the things we're supposed to do. You sent us out, you told us, you know, go here, pray for that person, whatever, and now you're, you're leaving, and this, this is it? It'd be pretty daunting. It's a bit like uh, talking to some of the young people when they get their driver's license. You know, when you've been practicing, you always had that person alongside you all the way teaching you. Hello? <laughs> uh, special effects happening in the background. Um, <laughs> very dramatic. Uh, you know, when you go and you've been practicing driving, you've got your L plates and you're learning, you've got somebody in your ear all the way, you know, turn left, turn left, watch out for that car, for it. don't get too close, slow down, all this sort of stuff. And then comes the day you take that test and there's nobody beside you. And it's like, whoa. You know, it depends what personality you are. Because for some personalities, it's like, whoa, <laughs> here we go. I know it's like that. The first time I passed my license, you know, my test, and I was on the, in the car by myself. Well, this is great. I have my dad or anyone to tell me what to do. I'm going to see how fast this car goes. <laughs> yeah, others would not respond that way. It's like, oh, oh, uh, a bit worried here. Uh, what do I do at this intersection? I've got no one telling me what to do and all that. So we respond. So the, the disciples would have been a bit like this, you know, kind of like some would probably, okay, we can handle this. Others like, Jesus, you know, what do we do now? And, and uh, so they were kind of like stuck for, for that moment. But the great thing is we read that Jesus didn't leave them on their own. He gave them an, another like himself. He actually gave them a promise. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says this, And behold, I send the promise of my Father on you, but you sit in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. So Jesus said these things like on his departure. He said, look, I want you guys to wait in Jerusalem. And as they formed in the upper room, as they prayed and that they're in the upper room, he said, wait for the promise of the Father. And we find this promise came in, in uh, the book of Acts, which I'm going to be drawn, drawing from today. But I just want to pray before I do. Heavenly Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you for your truth. And Father, we look to your word for that truth, because there is no other truth. And Father, we pray this morning as we look into your word, God, that you'll just touch us, you'll change us, empower us. God, let's move from this place today more empowered, more like Jesus. We give you the glory and we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Should be up on the screen, yep. So here it is, Jesus had told the disciples to wait for the promise of the Father. What is the promise of the Father? Well, here it is. Acts 1, 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. The promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit coming on the believer. The power of the Holy Spirit on the believer. God chose the first Pentecost after Jesus' resurrection to pour out the Holy Spirit on 120 believers. 
So here they are all assembled in the upper room, waiting for this promise, not knowing, like, what does this really mean? And suddenly, as they were committed to prayer and praying and singing, the power hit the room, like a, a rushing wind. This is tongues of fire were distributed upon their heads. The power of the Holy Spirit gave them utterance and speaking different languages, which really freaked people out in the local area because people come from different areas of uh, Asia Minor and having different languages, but they could suddenly understand them. And uh, I think that'd be just like a crazy moment. Some thought they were drunk and uh, so forward. But that was the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. The power comes by receiving the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God arrested upon them. It was the same Spirit that was on Jesus when He was baptized. He came out of the water and the Holy Spirit came, ascended like a dove, it says. Ascended like a dove. And um, the power of the Holy Spirit was what uh, empowered Him to do His ministry. And I, I guess sometimes we forget that. We kind of think Jesus as a little boy, you know, was probably going around and doing miracles everywhere, but it, it's not recorded. He did any miracles until the power of the Holy Spirit was on him, aged around 30 years of age. So 30 years, you know, before he started doing his miracles. And that was by the power of the Holy Spirit, thus demonstrating to us that we also need that power. Peter says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you have power. The two go together. It's not like one, you know, you, you just can't separate them. The Holy Spirit brings power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know this is a kind of a, an interesting thing from my background in my first church, a little bit more traditional, and never really understood that when we spoke clearly about the Holy Spirit. We spoke about even the scriptures that says the power, but None of us really kind of sort of went out, ventured out too much outside that area to believe that we could have the Holy Spirit power to administer things. And um, so I always used to have these little doubts, you know, a little bit, oh, you know, when I moved to another church, Pentecostal church, and saw like the moving powerfully in the Holy Spirit, like signs and wonders, miracles. I'm going, wow, you know, like this, you know, I was trying to weigh it all up in my head, you know, as you do, because you want to get it right. And but you always have to go back to the Scripture. The Scripture always corrects you. If your thinking is wrong, the Scripture will bring you back. And my first encounter with the Holy Spirit was I started speaking with a new tongue, like it did in Acts. And I'm going, wow, this is amazing. And things started happening from there. It was Because I was a Christian before that, but I hadn't had that power. I knew of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really understand how that all worked until I was prayed for and the holy spirit came upon me and i started speaking in another language which really freaked me out because uh you know i have enough trouble with the english and uh <laughs> i make my own words up if you stick around me long enough you know i do that i there's the dictionary calling to pastor ian but anyway <laughs> words don't exist <laughs> um and uh from that moment I, I noticed there was something different there was a boldness there was a boldness first of all there's a boldness when the holy spirit comes upon you you suddenly got this whole new confidence. You know, because most of us lack confidence. You know, a lot of us uh, stay away from doing things because we lack confidence. Even in the things of God, sometimes we're too scared to step out because we lack that confidence. God calls us to something, we go, oh, no, send somebody else because I don't like, I'm not the right person, you know. It's like Moses, you know, send my brother because, you know, I've got a speech impediment, I can't sort of, communicate well you know but god knows the man and woman that he wants so don't make excuses if god's called you he knows you can do it he knows you can do it 
So here I am experiencing the Holy Spirit for the first time, not understanding anything, seeing some unusual things going on. And I remember seeing in one meeting, like for the first time, you know, somebody praying for someone and they fell to the ground. I go, what the heck's going on? He just fainted, you know, like what's, what's going on? And then somebody else fainted and somebody else fainted in this big queue. And I'm going, what is going on? And I was trying to work all this out. And I'm going, okay, where's the reference in the scripture? And of course, there's a few little hints here and there. Jesus, when he was arrested, it said that the whole uh, Roman cohort, which about 100 men, came to arrest him. And when he said who he was, I am, declaring the uh, words of he is God, they fell back to the ground, it says. There's a power of God that's released. And uh, so I'm starting to go, okay, this thing's real, whatever. And I remember going to a, uh, a youth meeting. Uh, no, sorry, it was a conference. No, it was a camp. It was a camp, that's right. Does that remember? Um, we're on this camp, and I'm still sort of thinking about this. And I remember we're having this powerful meeting in this camp, youth camp. Young ones are out there. We had a couple of rat bags, right? You always get a couple of rat bags in the youth. <laughs> I know I used to be one. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, these guys were always trouble. Like, you know when you go on the camps and you've got these nice compliant kids, and then you've got the ones that just don't want to comply with anything. And, uh, and I can so relate to that because that was me again. Uh, but um, when I was growing up, Dave would tell you all about that. <laughs> but I, uh, I kind of like, these guys just messing around. We were in this meeting and the Holy Spirit just turned up. You could sense the presence. You know, you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. It can be experienced. And as we we're in this meeting, you know, you can see people starting to cry, weep, and whatever. And there's these two like tough guys, like just standing there, yeah, 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 whatever, you know and whatever, where everyone else is being touched in the room. And I just felt drawn to go pray for them. Now, I didn't know what that meant, and I just remember walking up to one of the guys, and I just held my hand. I didn't touch him or anything. I just went like this, and I said, God, touch him right now, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the guy flew back into two rows of chairs. Uh, what just happened there? You know, because I've still got this thinking that, you know, people faint or whatever. And I thought, he's fainted. And he's fallen back to, you know, chair rows back. And I thought, okay, well, let's not get distracted. There's another guy I want to pray for you. Just let him work himself out. And, and I start praying once again. I didn't touch him again. And this guy just went flying back. I go, something going on here. <laughs> what is going on here? I didn't understand it. And I sort of dismissed that. Went home. I was running the Connect group at the time. And we had a little meeting there and start praying for people in our group had another couple came up, and uh, they started talking, and uh, they said, look, can you pray for us? I said, sure, and, you know, I just closed my eyes. Uh, I kind of find it's weird sometimes when I look at people, and I'm just praying my eyes open, <laughs> so I like to close it, you know, I can focus a bit better, and it freaks them out too. Why is he looking at me like that? And, um, and, and I'm just praying, you know, God just bless this couple, blah, 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 amen. I open my eyes, and I go, oh, that couldn't have been a good prayer, they're not even here. And I go to walk, uh, they're on the ground. <laughs> I almost stepped on this guy, and I go, oh, what happened? <laughs> but this is the thing. The power of the Holy Spirit that we carry has an influence on those around us. There's something that flows out of us. When we are a believer, we have the Holy Spirit upon us. And this is what happened with Jesus. Jesus demonstrated uh, wherever he went. He spoke the gospel message, but he demonstrated with power. For it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In fact, in the early church... The Christians, like we're experiencing, as like I just said of myself, the presence of the Holy Spirit was like kind of new to them. And it was noted in Acts 17, 6, uh, it says, and um, 
It says they're not fine, and they drew Jason and certain brothers before. And it says, those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. They were referred now to the people who have turned the world upside down. What was it that they were doing that people would know that? They were the people that turned upside down. Well, they were doing amazing things in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look what it did with uh, Paul. I'm sorry, Paul, uh, Peter. When Peter denied Jesus three times, and then later on in Acts, you see him full, full of the Holy Spirit, comes forward and preaches to a crowd, and 3,000 believers were added that day. Well, that's quite amazing, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. It gave Peter a whole new boldness. Peter had shrunk back in a few verses earlier. Like, he, he thought he blew it all with Jesus and uh, went back to fishing. And some of us do that. When we blow it, we can't just go back to where we came from. But that's not God's intent. If God has given a call on your life, has given you a purpose, you've got to move forward into those things, and He will empower you by His Spirit. For God, uh, but you have received power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit coming upon you gives you that power. It's that power. But we've got to be ready to receive it. A lot of people, um, I find, sort of tend to see like, oh, that's good for you. It's a bit scary for me. And they sort of pull back a little bit. If you found that, you know, certain people in the Christian walk will sort of, I know the Holy Spirit, but, you know, it's, it's okay for you. You know, but so I don't need the Holy Spirit. I'm afraid you do. If you want to walk in power, you want to be a minister, you need the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. And we found that as in uh, Acts, the early Christians in that upper room, they were just passionate for the things of God. They're just hungry for the things of God. They were like praying and fasting, calling out God. They had no other agenda. They had no other thoughts. It was not about them. It was all about, I want God. When we get to that place, you are now in the position to receive the Holy Spirit. When I was a new Christian, I just wanted everything. I just wanted everything God had. You know, I was learning all these new things. People uh, would tell me, oh, you know, when you got God, this happens and whatever. It's like I had a checklist, you know, like, what have, have I got everything God has to offer? <laughs> like, okay, what's this, a Holy Spirit? I need a Holy Spirit. What's, uh, you know, I was just checking them all off. I wanted everything, but I was so passionate because I had an encounter and experience with Him. When you've had an encounter and an experience with Him, you want more of Him. I'm telling you, walk each day where, wow, what's going to happen today? This is going to be amazing, you know, I can't wait. But in that, that life of the Holy Spirit, Sometimes he will just, you know, look, throw a little thing out here and there. He tests you because quite often we like to, we can start getting a bit of pride in there. And, uh, you know, when the Holy Spirit starts working, we've got to remember it is him working and not get this prideful thing like, oh, yeah, well, look what I can do. You know, I've seen ministers do this, you know, they get a bit too full of it all and uh, think it's all them, but it's not them. It's the Holy Spirit working with them and through them. And, um, and I think the Holy Spirit just likes to test you sometimes on a few little things. Bizarre things. I've had some weird ones uh, just to see that you're going to react to his call. And I remember being at college one day, Bible college, and uh, I was just going in the entrance to the main church where the uh, college was, and I, I had some mints in my pocket, and I remember just pulling out the mints and ripping a bit of a paper away to get a mint. As I did, a, piece, a little piece like just fell to the ground. And uh, I go... No, it's nothing, just a piece. I won't worry about that. Because you, you, it's, not, it's not considerable enough to pick up. It's like a little tiny speck. So I carry on walking. And also I just felt God speak, the Holy Spirit speak to me and says, pick it up. What? No, no, you don't understand. It's only a little bit. It wasn't a big piece. You know, it's like you start having this conversation with God. You know, you ever do that? 
God, you don't understand. Did you see? It was only a little piece. Nobody's going to see it. And I start walking, like thinking I'd won the argument. And no, no, I want you to pick it up. Oh. So I'm going back, and now I'm feeling embarrassed because, you know, like this little piece of paper, no joke, this, it's falling in the crack of the pavers. So it's like really hard to get out. And there's people coming and going. So I'm waiting for an opportunity. No one's there. And I go down there, I'm flicking out, and there's someone walking past me. What the heck is he doing? <laughs> but, but I just wanted to be obedient. And I remember getting that thing, going, okay, you happy now? <laughs> But, that, but that's, that, that's the test he'll do. He'll call you to things. I, I remember being in a cafe. Um, what was it? I uh, called in from church one day and um, just to get a pie or parsley or something on the way home for lunch. And as I'm in this cafe, uh, not a cafe, sorry, it was a deli. A deli, uh, there was a lady behind the counter and uh, she's talking to somebody and then she went to answer her phone and I could hear her crying in the background. I go, hmm, something's not going well there. And... Uh, and I just sort of let it go and um, bought my stuff and I left. And then the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, I want you to go get a Bible and give it to her. Oh, now, how inconvenient. I want my pasty, you know, I got my pasty. I want to eat my lunch and, oh, okay, where am I going to go? So I raced back to the church. You know, it was like, you know, about 10 Ks or something. And uh, picked up a Bible and... And I can't remember exactly what it was. It was a particular passage. He spoke to me, and I just opened it up and put a little bookmark in there. And he says, just give it to the lady. And I thought, okay, how am I going to do that? So I go in the shop, and it's busy. Like, people buy, and think, oh, you know. You know, you're sort of like, oh, I don't know how to do this. So I, I remember I just turned, and I, and, uh, and I bought something else because I had to have a reason to be there, you know. <laughs> and, and then I just put the Bible down there, and I said, have a good day. I didn't even tell her I was dropping there, but I just put it on her side of the counter and just walked off. So I never know, never knew what happened to that. But we're not to know always, but we're to be obedient. And that's what God calls us to. You know, I've had some crazy moments like that over time, doing those sort of things. And uh, probably, uh, you know, it's, it's, you just know that God is real in these circumstances. I've had all sorts of things happen like that and some, uh, so, some uncomfortable ones, and the, but you just got to go there. God calls you to that. You just say, okay, God, I don't understand it. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to do it anyway, all right? So when we're open like that, when we're passionate about hearing from God and obeying Him, He's ready to use you. You know, if you're all about yourself, God can't get in there to use you because you're too busy about yourself. That's why John the Baptist says, less of me, more of you. You know, I must decrease that you increase. And when we start living a life from there, the Holy Spirit will move through you in power. And we've got to be ready for that because the Holy Spirit wants to put that power upon you to be a witness. You know, Jesus completed his mission and he passed the mission on to us to reach the rest of the world with the gospel message, the good news. And he knows that we not, we're not capable of doing that on our own. So he sent us another, the Holy Spirit, to give us the power to do that. And that's why it says in here, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You shall. When you have the Holy Spirit, you shall be his witnesses. Not you might be, or think about it, or whatever. It says you shall. So there's a call upon each one of us to be a witness when we have the Holy Spirit. That's why it was given. It wasn't like, the Holy Spirit's been given to you for show-off time because God's given you a few gifts and things that you can operate in. 
because I've seen some people take it like that. It's not to be taken like that at all, but it's for a purpose to be his witness. And uh, as like Paul says, you know, we proclaim, we call, we're called to proclaim the gospel, not just in words, but in power. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 2.4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power. Paul demonstrated the power of God. I'm telling you, you'll get the attention of a non-believer when they see something supernatural happen. They go, well, what just happened there, you know? I remember showing this lady I worked for at work one time, uh, a meeting I'd been at where uh, they were praying for this lady's leg. She, she was born with one leg like an inch shorter than the other, so she kind of walked like this, and it was putting her body out, back aches and all this stuff. And the preacher said, sit down, we're going to pray. We're going to see that leg grow to the same length. And so I got this on tape because I, like, I thought this was amazing because they actually had a camera there. They brought a camera right in live, so you can zoom right in. And as the guy started praying, he just supported her heels like that. He said, Jesus, right now I just pray that her leg will be extended to match the same as the other one. And as he did that, you start seeing a little bit of movement going on right in front of you know, the camera, caught it all. Amazing. So I, I carried that as a witness tool, right? So I'm at work uh, at a youth hostel and I'm talking to this woman who's an atheist. And I said, you know, what do you believe then? She goes, oh, I just believe, you know, there's nothing really out there. There may be something in the universe, a power thing, and that's all she sort of knew. And I said, yeah, but what's this power that you're talking about? You believe in some sort of power, but you don't believe in God. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. I, I believe in some sort of power. It's out there in the universe. And I said, well, what's out there in the universe? Oh, uh, the power. I said, yeah, but where? Where's it coming from? And I just kept pushing her, pushing her, pushing her. And she goes, oh, well, I don't know. Perhaps there is a God. And, uh, and I said, well, let me just show you something. I'll show you something. And she goes, oh, all right. I said, you interested in seeing a little uh, CD, a DVD? And uh, she goes, all right, I'll show you live the power of God moving on this person's life. So I showed her that, and she was like freaked out. She goes, well, I can see it's real. Uh, I don't understand it. But, uh, you know, People do not understand these things, but they are freaked out, and they, you, you'll get their attention. And from there, I was able to start speaking to her a bit more about God. She was now open because she had seen the demonstration of the power of God. And as we start, as people start in praying, laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed, you're going to have that happen as well. People are going to go, wow, this is amazing. You know, you'll even get people seeking you out sometimes. Uh, at work, when I used to be a motor mechanic, I had many times where guys would come to me, even though they used to stir me up about being a Christian and all that, and uh, I could give it as good as I got it. <laughs> and uh, uh, they would trust you in certain circumstances, you know, and uh, they just sort of knew there was something different about you, you know, and uh, like we, I had the boss one time, we had this guy rock up, um, had a lot of work done on his car, a thousand plus dollars, and uh, this guy went to pick his car up and realized he left his keys at home. And he said, oh. um, no, sorry, he hadn't left his keys at home. He'd left his money at home, I meant to say. He had his keys with him, but he had, didn't have the money to pay for this job. And he says, look, I've got the money at home. Can I take the car now and I'll come back and pay for it? And he goes, hello, hello. You know, like, <laughs> who's going to trust him with a, a job that's over $1,000? He could have just taken off and go with the keys and trust him, whatever. Well, my boss was in this dilemma. He was going, oh, you know kind of want to trust him, but I don't know. You know, he did, he came out the back as, as I was out the back as a mechanic, and he said, look, tell me, what would you do? I, I just want your wisdom. I just want your, your thoughts here, because I know, you know, you kind of know. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean I know? No, tell me, what are you talking about? He said, well, there's a man out here. He owes us about $1,200. He's left the money at home, and he wants us to give us a key so he can drive home and come back. 
and give us the money. Shall we trust him? I don't know. <laughs> but as I said that, I just felt the Holy Spirit said, you can trust him, he'll be back. So I just boldly said, you can trust him, he'll be back. <laughs> exactly. As I, that's all I said, obedience. And, and sure enough, the guy came back. And it was amazing. And, and my boss was going, oh, that was good. How did you know? I, well, yeah, yeah, you know, I just got contacts in high places. Uh, <laughs> but this is what he will do. He will just, like, speak to you in unusual times. Another job I was at, um, my boss there, he was a bit corrupt, like avoiding taxes, paying everybody under the counter, no tax and stuff. And see, I started on that scheme, not even understand it before I was a Christian, but I became a Christian in the midst of it. And suddenly God challenged me about that. You need to get that right. You need to be paying your taxes. You need to do what is right. And I said, yeah, sure enough. And I remember going to the boss and uh, telling him, like, I want to get everything right. I don't want none of this dodgy deals. And uh, I said, I just want to be paid like everyone else, taxes and all that. He said, all right, but you're going to lose out. I said, I don't care. I want to do the right thing. And he kind of smirked and laughed at me as he walked away. My work colleague who had just become a Christian uh, came to me and said, what was that about? What was the boss talking to you about? And I said, oh, I was talking about the tax thing and whatever. And he laughed at me and he goes, oh, really? And I said, yeah, and, and he thinks it's funny and he refused to sort of carry, he's going to do the rest the same. He's not going to change. And as he was speaking, I suddenly just felt the Holy Spirit come upon me and I spoke to him and I said to my friend Steve, I said, because this man has chose to be dishonest, he will be bankrupt in one year. And I went, did I just say that? <laughs> Where did that come from? I mean, I have some random thoughts in my head all the time, but, you know, that was really kind of crazy. And, um, well, it just felt so strong, so I just said it. And uh, funny enough, I found out later, because I'd left the workplace about six months after that, that he went bankrupt. And when we tried to track down the time, we found out it was the exact day to when I said those words, he went bankrupt because of his dishonesty. God had given me many chances, by the way, because I found out later there was a lot of pastors from other churches and local areas to have their cars serviced there, and they would start speaking the word of God to him, you know, like you need to get your business in the line. Because he shared with a friend of mine saying that the boss thinks you're telling all these pastors about him, you know, like, and I wasn't, I didn't say a word. But the Holy Spirit will do that, so we've got to be ready. But we've got to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We move that by the Holy Spirit's gifts. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4, right through to 11, it says here, but there are difference, differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are differences of workings, but in the same God working all things. But to each one is given the showing forth of the Spirit to our prophet, for through the Spirit, sorry, for the, through the Spirit is given to one a word of wisdom, and to another a word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another workings of powers, to another prophecy, and to another discernment of spirits, and to another kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing separately to each one as he desires. The Holy Spirit, when we have the Holy Spirit, we can have these gifts working in our lives. In fact, Paul says to earnestly seek the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, desire earnestly or pursue earnestly uh, love, but desire spiritual gifts. So when we have the Holy Spirit, we can ask Him for those gifts. And uh, we should be asking for those gifts. 
I remember as a new Christian, that's all I did in my prayer time. God, I want this, you know, because I saw these gift things and things. I said, I want that because it's on my list of things to do. And, uh, you know, I want that. I want wisdom. And, and uh, well, actually, wisdom was one that kind of slipped past me, but uh, God reminded me of it years later, and he said, you know, you need to pray for wisdom. If anyone lacks, let them ask of God. And, uh, and so I started praying for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. You know, I've got to make some big decisions as a pastor sometimes. Give me wisdom. And um, we had a visiting speaker through at the time, uh, Fergus McIntyre. And uh, we were at a pastor's meeting, and uh, we were all sitting in the front. And he says, you know, I work in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I can just turn it on because God has given me that gift. I can start using that, and I'm going to use it right now. And he just went along the line of the pastors, just speak words. He gets to me, and he says, God has given you wisdom. And I'm like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know? And, 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 but that's it. God knows, and, and God will give. See, when we start working in these gifts, people, you'll get people's attention. They want to know why. What is this? Our world right now is very open to spiritual things, but of the wrong kind. You know, you'll see on many movies and things, supernatural, you know, and all this bizarre stuff. Of course, not to mention Halloween that's coming up, uh, which is not good if you do a study on that. It's the biggest uh, um, ceremony of the year for the occult. They do a lot of occultic practices on that day. A lot of kids go missing. We won't go there, but uh, you, you need to be aware of those sort of things. But when we start demonstrating the power of God for goodness and for the uplifting of others, you'll get people's attention. People go, oh, I want to know more. I want to come along. This, this is what happened to me I, when I was 21. I, I want to know more because I saw the power of God at work. But the power of God comes upon you when you receive the Holy Spirit. The church is powerless without the Holy Spirit. And we're just meeting here like, Without the Holy Spirit, there's no power. It's just like, well, hi guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's just lifeless. But the power comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, um, we receive the gifts by receiving the Holy Spirit. But how do we receive the Holy Spirit? People go, well, how do we receive this? Because um, in Acts, it talks about a group in Samaria that uh, hadn't received the Holy Spirit. They received the word. It says in Acts eight fourteen, and the apostles in Jerusalem hearing that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, uh, who then had come down, prayed for them, and they had might, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had not fallen on any of them. They were baptized only in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see in these passages, the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon them by repentance, by believing Jesus, by the laying out on of hands. And if you have, you may be a Christian here today, but you don't, you feel powerless. Well, we're gonna, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute to come forward, and I'm going to lay hands on you that you receive the Holy Spirit, the power of God upon you, because we all need that. There's others that may have that and that's all good but you just want more you want hey look i've just realized there's more gifts there than what i kind of imagine and you know i really feel god could use me in some of these some of you here have got the gift of healing you know but you've never actually tried it you've never operated in it god can give you a gift but it's not going to work unless you have faith to operate it like lay hands on someone that's sick and and, and just do that um, I remember one young lady, uh, I'd just been on this conference and I was telling her all about the power of the Holy Spirit and what we learned and all this. It's all great. 
And she says, oh, good, you can pray for me. Oh, what? She <laughs> says, yeah, you, you just told me about the healing thing, and, and you know, you could pray for me. I've got this really sore throat, like shocking. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go to the doctor. Can you pray for me? And you know, at that moment, it was like, oh, flip. I've just told her all about this healing stuff, and there I am, uh, like, being a bit of a chicken right now. But I thought, no, I'm, I, God's Word says it. I'm just going to go back to the Word of God. Power of God. Okay, power of God. I've got myself in the right mindset, and I said, right, God, I'm going to pray right now for this woman, and she's going to be healed. So you speak in words of faith. God wants you to work in the area of faith. So I, I say, in the name of Jesus, be healed of the sore throat. You know, it was pretty simple like that. It was not a long, flowery prayer. And, uh, and, and I said, how's it going? She goes, no, nah, nothing really. Nothing's changed. Oh. And there was like a fight in my head at that moment of doubt. But then there was the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going, going with the power. I don't care. We're going to pray again. So I pray again. I said, I'm believing right now you're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. And, and I go through it again. And I say, how are you feeling now? And I'm starting to really get like, Arr. and she goes, actually, I'm feeling a bit of warmth in my throat beauty right let's go with that in the name of jesus complete this healing and and i just went for it and she's oh my goodness it's gone it's gone you see god is more willing to do than what we are to step out he he wants to do the miracles through you but he needs the faith in you to step out and until we step out in faith we're not going to see the miracles wow you know this this church would go on instantly on the map of people heard in the neighborhood everyone's getting healed that comes in here Everybody's, you know, like amazing things going on, signs and wonders, miracles. In Azuzu in 19, uh, Azuzu Street in 1906 in Los Angeles, the power of the Holy Spirit hit that place. And William Seymour, uh, like uneducated sort of guy, um, just believed. God believed the Holy Spirit and saw the power release in there. People were falling to their knees blocks away as they're walking in that general direction under the power of God. They were just falling to their knees or repenting. They didn't even know God, but all of a sudden they felt the power, the presence, because this guy was praying and believing. They were seeing signs and wonders and miracles happening in their place. It's because believers believe. Believers stepped out. As Jesus said, only believe. So the key is that we believe. Don't try to work it all out in your head. Like, well, God says it, so I believe it. Let's make it that simple. Let's not get too theological about it, but how does he do that? How does that work in this? Yeah. Don't worry about it. If God says it, let's, let's do it. So, um, so this morning, I want, I want you to be confident as a believer that the Holy Spirit is on you. And if you're not kind of sure about that, that's okay. We want to pray that the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power. We want you to receive the gifts that God has for you because they're all good. They're all good. And I like to tell you, a whole world gets very exciting when the gifts start moving. But you know that whole journey of receiving the Holy Spirit doesn't proceed receiving Jesus. We need to receive Jesus first because we need to get right with God. You know, we're a block unto God until we receive Jesus because sin puts the wall between us and God. And if we don't have Jesus in our life, we're carrying that sin, unforgiveness. God can't kind of use you at that point. You need to surrender all this morning. So I just want you to close your um, eyes this morning and bow your head. And I want to ask this most important question. That is, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? The one who died for you. One who paid the debt for your sins 2,000 years ago on the cross. That you should have life, life in abundance. You need this morning, if you haven't done that, you need to get your life right with God. 
by receiving his son and the gift of what his son gave us. And it's just a simple prayer. And I'd love to lead you in that prayer afterwards. But first of all, you need to acknowledge that. You need to be bold and be strong this morning saying, I need Jesus. Perhaps you once even made a decision for Jesus, but kind of like you felt wayside and you're not there anymore and you need to come back. That's okay. Put your hand up. And oh, perhaps you're not even sure. Like, I, I don't really know, but I just know I need Jesus. If that's you, just put your hand up wherever you are right now and I'll see that. I see that hand. Amen. And I want to pray for you and see a breakthrough moment in your life. It starts with Jesus. He gave us another, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power. He'll release you in the spiritual gifts to reach others for the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, I also want to ask for those that want more of the Holy Spirit, or we just want the Holy Spirit, just want to be prayed for, that they know for sure the Holy Spirit is upon them. They want to move powerfully in the gifts. Perhaps you've never even done that. It doesn't matter. We will start somewhere. You're just hungry for the presence of God. I just want you to raise your hand and, uh, yep, see those hands. And we're going to give you an opportunity in a minute to come forward. And we're just going to we'll have a line out here. And we're just going to pray that the power of the Holy Ghost come upon you. You know, the greatest thing we can do is start off our life right with Jesus. And I just want to go through this little prayer those that want to receive Him today. But let's all join in together in support of that and repeat after me the sinner's prayer to invite Jesus into our life. Let's say this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I turn to you as my Lord and Savior and thank you in your name. Amen.